Father, we thank you and praise you for this time that we get to come as brothers and sisters, as your sons and daughters, and surrender all, all of our pride, all of our fear, all of our hopes, our dreams, our disappointments, our failures, our victories, we bring it all to you. We surrender it all to you because we know that you are a loving God. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning uh, once again, or for the first time, for those of you who are New Heights people. Um, that's right. I'd like to point out, uh, I, I just want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, there is an artist among us. Uh, he's a great photographer. His name is Jeffrey Scott Anderson from Seattle, Washington, recently of Court Circle here in San Antonio. But this is his picture um, it, when he was last in Jerusalem uh, at the Jordan River. Doesn't it look like it's Jordan? It's not. It's the Devil's River. Um, and how you know is because there's a meth lab right across the river there. That's how you know this is Texas and not Israel. Um, but I just saw it when, he, when he sent me that picture. I'm like, dude, that could totally be the Jordan. That is so cool. Um, and I love the fact that we have the Devil's River uh, appearing here, the river that took my first wedding ring. I know. It's a long story. Jeff was involved in that one, too. Um, so we are in this series about, speaking of losing things and grief, we're in this series about grief. Nice segue. Um, and uh, we, we talked a little bit about last week going through the valley. And today we're going to focus on uh, a story in the second book of Samuel. Last week we were first book. This week, second. Chapter 18, verse 33. The king was overcome with emotion. He went up to the room over the gateway and burst into tears. And as he went, he cried, Oh, my son, Absalom. My son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Word soon reached Joab that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom. As all the people heard of the king's deep grief for his son, the joy of that day's victory was turned into deep sadness. They crept back into the town that, that day as though they were ashamed and had deserted in battle. The king covered his face with his hands and kept on crying, Oh, my son, Absalom. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Now, hold on, Matt, take that away. You're just, just go, take it away. Nobody look. Now, if you hear these words, you hear, uh, you hear a father crying over the loss of his son, right? So this is King David. And David's son, Absalom, has just died in battle. Um, he's, well, he's died, he was captured, and then he was, he was killed. And when you read this, if you, you well, yeah, he's upset. His son was just killed, and he's weeping and mourning. Well, what do you expect him to do? But then there's those weird things going on, like all the rest of his soldiers are walking back into the city ashamed, as if they weren't victorious, but they had deserted in battle. So what's going on here? On the surface, it looks as if what you would think. But if you don't know the rest of the story of what's going on here, you miss something. So it continues. Then Joab went to the king's room and said to him, We have saved your life today and the lives of your sons, your daughters, your wives and concubines. Yet you act like this, making us feel ashamed of ourselves. You seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. 
You've made it clear today that your commanders and troops mean nothing to you. It seems that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died, you would be pleased. Now go out there and congratulate your troops, for I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a single one of them will remain here tonight. Then you'll be worse off than before. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, Joab is his trusted advisor. Joab is this guy who actually was the one who killed Absalom. I don't think David knows that at this moment. But he's the guy who David looks to for advice. What's going on here is this. Absalom was not the son that you want in life. In fact, he was trying to take David's place. He was trying to usurp power. His opening act in taking over for his father David was to be seen on the rooftop patio in the midst of David's concubine. Because that's how you say some, you know, like, I'm a bigger deal than you are. I'm going to hang out with your ladies in plain sight. And so he's making this deal and he's making this run at his father David. And he is going after him. He is bringing an army to attack his father. It is during this battle that he is captured. Now, David has said, deal gently with him, bring him to me. But Joab decides, you know, you were trying to destroy your dad and everything that he stands for. So we're just going to handle it here and now. You've been convicted of treason and you're now gone. So he kills him. And David melts into this thing. Joab comes to him later and says, look, he's your enemy. If you don't change things and go sit at the gate and rejoice when your people are coming in, your armies are coming back, they're going to desert you and you're going to be done. So he gets a little wise counsel there. But what's going on with David? Why is he so upset? This, his son was trying to kill him. His son was making all of these moves to say, Dad, you're out. I'm coming after you. Maybe... Maybe there's some unresolved issues there, right? Like they didn't have a chance to go on the Maury Povich show and deal with it. There's some stuff going on between father and son. Clearly there's stuff going on if the son is trying to kill the father and take over. There's some stuff that isn't being said. And now David no longer has the opportunity to say them. He finds himself in a place where the person he is at odds with is now gone. Have you ever been there? Have you been in a place where you are at odds with someone and you think, well, I'll clear it up with them later? I know of a father and son um, who are pretty close to me and they're at odds with one another. They very rarely talk. It's not me and my dad, by the way. They very rarely talk. They, when, when they talk about one another, they don't do so in positive ways. And the dad's getting old. And his health isn't what it used to be. And all I want is for this father and son to come together and work it out. You have things against your son that are right. You've been hurt. You have things against your dad that are right. You've been hurt. Come together and talk about this because there will be a time when you can no longer. And do you want that to be the case? 
This is a lesson for all of us, really. This is a lesson in grief management. How might David have dealt with this situation a little differently if he had been more involved in Absalom's life? Now, Absalom still could have been making the choices he was, but David, if he was preparing a little bit more for this, what are the steps that he could have taken? What is it that David could have done for this event to happen and him not to him, him to go, ah, this is a horrible thing, but it's not the end of my world. Deal with it. There's only one step. That's it. You have to deal with those things. If you're in relationship with someone and that relationship is in conflict, it says before you come to the table of our Lord that you get right with them. If there is something that you have against someone else or you know that somebody has something against you, it says, Scripture says, look, you need to go deal with this because you might not always have the opportunity. And if that door shuts on that, then can healing ever happen there really? Now, there are strategies and things that you can do and what pastors tell people and psychologists I've heard tell people, but we're like, you know, write a letter. My dad's gone. He's dead but I have these, a lot of hurt and anger against him. Write him a letter. Get it out. Work it out. There are things that you can do after the fact. But what the story of David and Absalom tells me is there's also some things you can do before. There are some things that we need to do to take care of those relationships. We all find our, our moment when we get sideways with somebody, family member, a coworker, a friend, whomever it is, there are those times in our lives when we get a little cross with someone. I believe that when we're called to be sons and daughters, we are called to live a life of forgiveness and reconciliation. Jesus' goal when he was here and in his second coming is to bring reconciliation and restoration to all things. Before the time of his second coming, he turned it over to us. He said, begin the work of the kingdom now. And the work of the kingdom is restoration. And sometimes the most difficult places to bring restoration are our own personal lives and relationships. This morning, we celebrate the Lord's table. We come to his table to celebrate the Last Supper. We come to receive this gift of restoration, this gift of life, this gift when Jesus took the cross and said, I will take it. And all he asked us was two things that we say in here every week, to love God and love others. We can't follow that second one if we're in conflict. We can't follow that second one if we have this big rift in a relationship. Now, look, I'm not saying that everything's going to be pretty. And I'm not saying that we're all going to be the Brady Bunch family. Some of you are the Simpsons, and we know it. It's the only name that could come to mind of a family that's dysfunctional. It's good, though. But how do we get to a point where we open ourselves up to one another and begin this restoration? 
Today, as you come to this table, what I ask you to do is begin to think about and open yourself up for the possibility that you are in conflict with someone. A family member, a friend, a co-worker. That you, uh, if, if you're there and if God just whispers that name, I would ask that you would do everything in your power to make contact today. It doesn't mean that you have to, hey, let's go sit down and have coffee for five hours and work all this out. Make a step. Make a step towards that reconciliation and restoration. If you're helping with communion, if you'd come forward at this moment. The rest of you, if you would join me in an attitude of prayer. on the night that he would be betrayed that Jesus sat around the table with his disciples. He took the bread and he raised it to heaven and he blessed God for it. And he said, take this, eat all of you. This is my body, which is given for you. After supper was over, he took the cup and he raised it to heaven and he blessed God. He said, take this, drink all of you. This is my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. And so we come This morning, in remembrance of these mighty acts, these mighty acts of salvation, of mercy, of peace, of grace, of life, we come acknowledging that by the power of the Holy Spirit, this is the body and blood of Christ, and that as we partake of this, we become holy and living sacrifices, proclaiming the glory of God to a world that needs to hear it. We thank you for this gift of life. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As you come forward this morning, know a few things. This isn't a Methodist table. I'm a high table. It's God's. Because of that, all who care to receive this gift are welcome. We do communion here by intention, which means you'll be given a piece of the bread, to which you will then dip into the cup. And there will be prayer on either side of um, one underneath the Jesus cross and then on the other side of the, uh, the stage if, uh, if you are there. We'll have prayer, Kevin. Don't. Um, and then if you are a, um, a gluten person, uh, we, we, that you can't do gluten. Free. Gluten-free. Well, if you're a gluten person, you're like me, and we have a happier life. Um, it's not healthier. It's, you know, uh, We do have a gluten-free option uh, for you, for those of you that cannot uh, take the, the gluten. Um, and then we'll do the center sections, and then the, uh, the servers will move out to the sides. The table is prepared. Come. <laughs>